everyone welcome to the new era, era 2023 this is a new year new me and if you if you have been skipping training already this year then probably 2023 is not going to be your year but this is travel mockery on the other side this is the lifestyle athlete speaking on the other side we've got daddy how you doing daddy joe um have you been working your way through the baby books already how have you been doing mate i haven't been through any books yet and uh that's why i'm not allowed to stay in dubai for too long uh, because I basically, I don't know if they do this thing in Holland, but like, there's these courses called NCT courses, what they do in England. And I thought my mate was doing it, Lee. He was meant to be, was on one as well. And I swear that he told Laura about it. And I was under the impression that he was meant to be doing it, which is basically a course where they teach you all about, I don't know, becoming a dad. I don't know, it's like a training session, I guess, like a training day for potential dads that like, don't, you know, and mums that don't have, have a clue what they're doing. Um, so I missed one in December when I went to the World Cup and then I rescheduled it for January and February sometime. And then obviously now being out in Dubai, I want to stay a bit longer, really, ideally, and make the most of it. Um, so I'm coming back on the 20th and the training thing, that thing's on the 21st. I said, Laura, do we really have to go to it? Can we not just like sack it off and like, you know, just uh, change it to a later one or something, you know, or like it can't be that hard. We'll just pick it up as we go. Mm -hmm. So absolutely not. You need to go to that course. I said, Lee's not going to it. Like, he reckoned that he's not doing one of them. She said, Lee has an idea what he's doing. You have absolutely no idea. So, <laughs> unfortunately, I've got to come back on the 20th and go to some dad, I don't know what it is, like bloody dad's training class on, like, how to look after a baby. <laughs> 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 can can, can you make a YouTube things. video of, of that? Yeah, I've got three or four of the courses day, days as well. I mean, oh god, like what what can they tell me? Do you know what I mean? Like, don't put a baby in a cart for three hundred kilometers. One hundred and fifty kilometers is more than enough. I mean, you know, I've got it all. <laughs> yeah, um, mate, do you know how to hold it? How to like change a diaper? Uh, what happens? Uh, I've never changed a diaper. Well, you've got never diaper. changed a diaper. I held a baby the other day, like a friend uh, was uh, had one, so I borrowed it and uh, was holding it, and that, that was all right. Changing a diaper, never done that before in my life. Um, what other stuff? Mate, I'm not a baby expert, but I, I, I get not sure if you need to take any courses, but I would say it wouldn't harm you. Would you do a course? <laughs> <laughs> would you do a course if it was you? Um, Probably not. <laughs> yeah, I've been really screwed, haven't I? Island. I know, I've been totally screwed. Yeah. <laughs> I've got six hours on that well, Sunday where I've got to sit there, like, listening to them. Holy moly. That's, I know. that's a bit of a waste of training, isn't it? Mate, I'm uh, fuming. <laughs> I'm going to be like but a raging right now bull you're in, in there. Uh, in <laughs> don't take away his training but um uh how's uh how's things been you're in dubai now bit in dubai mate billy no mates at the moment aren't i me myself and i you were saying that you'd never go on a training camp by yourself didn't you, you said you'd save the money <laughs> I, I can't cope i can't i'm so bad at being alone I'm so bad at being alone really but there's other people to train I with here. i i did a good ride today um had a little cheeky dig at a strava segment mate like what me and you did before uh, where we got cancelled in mm -hmm. Dubai, didn't we? Strava Police uh, were out for blood, weren't they? Um, which yep. was a, quite a good one. You've done it before. If anyone's done the Al Qudra loop, pretty flat, isn't it? But then on the way back, you, can you remember the mosque where you fill the drink bottles up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. From the mosque back mm -hmm. to the car park, 
I think it's 28 kilometers, crosswind at the start, tailwind afterwards, like all the way down the last 18K. So it was absolutely perfect for it. So that was quite fun. Uh, and then tomorrow there's like a few of us going out for a bike ride, like probably four hours, something like that, you know, just, but just steady. Um, hopefully we won't get any more of them shamals. It was almost one today, mate. I had like sand in my eyes for about four hours afterwards, like really? horrible. Oh, oh mate, it was so horrible. Annoying. Like massive crosswind on there. Like but if you train, if you train well, you're going to be so fit on that baby course. I know I'm going to be the fittest father to be on that course. I bet, aren't I? <laughs> well, I only—I I already think if you're like doing Ironmans, you, you're going to be probably the, the chance that you're the fittest one in the room is probably 99. percent Every that will help you, you with sleep deprivation. Do you think that will help you with that, or do you think it will make it worse? I don't know because sleep deprivation is also detrimental to your testosterone as well, and all that. You don't want to do that, mate. No, if you, I know. If you, if you I'm, I'm bad with when can't I get enough sleep. sleep. I know I'm really bad if, yeah, if I, I don't get enough sleep. I'm, I'm absolutely terrible, mate. Like I feel like horrible. So what's the plan then? For you're there till the twentieth, uh, so ten days of heart training. Basically, yeah, ten more, ten more days. Uh, just going to try and get a load of cycling because the weather is absolutely horrific back in Norwich. Like I, I saw loads of the guys in this group that were in complaining about today. Horizontal rain, freezing cold. I was thinking, bloody hell, I'm glad I'm not there at the moment. Like the weather's been terrible, isn't it? Like mm -hmm. recently, don't you think where you are? Because you get similar weather to what what I do. And Mate, this winter's been bad, isn't shite. it? It's just wet, isn't it? Like really, really flipping wet. <laughs> yeah, you've been on the mountain bike all the time, haven't you? You've turned into an Xterra rider. Yeah, I have. The lifestyle athletes go into <laughs> Xterra because it's more fun. Sim, too much Braden Curry it on is. Uh, Instagram, mate. <laughs> <laughs> you saw that post, didn't he? He is the lifestyle godfather, isn't he? Is he like your your idol? Like, if you had to pick like a lifestyle athlete that you would like to follow in the footsteps um, of? Well, to be honest. He is like an adventurer. He does all that stuff. So I would say he's a lifestyle athlete. But I don't know when it comes down to his cooking skills, his um, uh, his per, uh, what kind of wines he would drink, what kind of beers, because also that would determine um, what caravan he rides. Well, I saw his caravan. That's like a decent thing. Um, there's more to a lifestyle athlete he likes than just Stella. Uh, the family. He likes Stella, mate. And uh, white lightning cider. Still, that's a shine. Do you reckon? <laughs> that's what he drinks. That's what he drinks. And he also wears like one of them white vests. You know them white vests that you get, like uh, where I think he's got a tattoo on his arm somewhere, but he covers it up normally with his cycling gear. But he wears white vest, has a tattoo, and drinks Stella. Like it's proper. You know, you wouldn't want to get on the wrong side of it, mate. After a couple of Stellas, you know what? They, you know what we call that drink, don't you? Back home. No. The nickname has got in England is wife beater. Oh yeah, a wife beater. I don't. I know that we we call it in the Netherlands as well. A wife Do beater. You? Wife beater. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wife yeah. beater. That's what they call people with the white vests, right? Yeah, a wife beater it, as well. It, it makes me. It makes me. It reminds me of someone in in Texas that would drink a shitload of beer and then yeah. head into the caravan and probably and lives in Galveston, like misogynist and all that. Probably stays in a yeah. caravan park just outside but, Galveston. No, a good old boy, Braden Curry, is just living life, and uh, um, that's the that's the way it is. He loves his telly, mate. We got right screwed over, didn't we, when we went to Galveston this time? Like we were in Dubai, and I remember it was in like 2021. I couldn't get back to England because it had gone on the red list, and I decided like when it got put on the red list for COVID, 
which meant if you went back, I'd have to stay in one of them hotels for two weeks. And I was like, they gave me a, sh- a shudder just thinking about it, stuck in a room. No way. Don't think so. So we stayed there. <laughs> Tom came out. Could you get back to Holland or would you have had to stay in a hotel or were you fine? Like, what was the deal in, with you? Out, whatever. I can't, oh, right. yeah. It's ridiculous can't. how we, we can. So in the end, we decided to go to America uh, and we saw Galveston on the map and thought, oh, it's on the Gulf of Mexico. Like, that's got to be a really nice place to go. It sounded cheeky, didn't it? Galveston. Yeah, holiday place, yeah. on the water, Gulf of Mexico, probably warm for swimming in. We thought, oh, yeah, that'll be all right. We'll go there for nine days before the race, you know, do a bit of training, taper there. And it is the biggest dive I think I've ever been to. Like, And the training was horrific, wasn't it? Like, literally, Pam. Mate, it's basically out over a highway, getting cold rolled every 100 meters. People don't <laughs> like you being there. Um, they're all rednecks. All, I would say 98% is morbid obese in Galveston. It and was pretty there was shocking. Only one as an road. Ironman athlete, <laughs> so, <laughs> as a skinny Ironman athlete cycling in between the SUVs with morbid, morbid obese people, you don't really feel like you're at home, do you? No. And what about the one road? There was literally that one road and that was it, weren't it? Which was just completely straight really boring it was actually bad weather when we went there it was like can you remember we had to wear like arm warmers and like gilets and we didn't have enough and it was cold wasn't it until race day and then it got quite hot i oh was it yeah remember i remember you were like melting on race day but you'd like been to dubai then you got frozen and felt like you were back in holland and then it got like the sun came out and then it cooked you again and you were like fucking hell like what is it like i was (laughs) i would have been all right if it was going on yeah, <laughs> and then we went so, to Florida. Life's didn't we? a roller coaster. Yeah, and then we went to and Florida. That was even and hotter. It was uh, boiling, wasn't it? Yeah, it's quite boiling. But anyway, so you're in Dubai, ten days of training, and then uh, back into like daddy school. All right, good going, mate. Living the dream. So this week, um, sorry, living the dream. Living the dream. Yeah, that's my low as well this week. That the weather has been so shy i've just been riding my mountain bike and like running treadmill by the way um it's not really exciting isn't it Nah. on the talk of dubai you know there's i lee sent me a thing and i was going to look at it and you can rent a lambo or a ferrari for 625 dollars would you do that and go to jebel jay's on an easy day and like burn it up the mountain for how long can you rent it and what how what, the whole what, day 24 hours case? 24 hours and you can do 300 Ks. 300 Ks, 24 hours yeah. for $600. So let's say it's a 500 but, euros. But you could, yeah, but you could uh, probably about 600, 600 euros, probably about that. But you could go up to well, Jebel J's um, and you could absolutely, you could hoon it up the mountain. There's a couple of things I like in life, Joe. Yeah. So beautiful women, of course. <laughs> Uh, that is, uh, is oh, there's more things by the way it's more than just three so fine wines um, working out and looking good just looking good and then the last one is uh, is, is nice cars there's nice cars a Ferrari and, 488 uh, um, or a Lamborghini Hurricane I would definitely go for a Hurricane <laughs> yes. but, um, so if you get the chance to just have fun for a day. I would do it. Like I, it's, I'm tempted it's, to. I would do it It'd with be really someone fun, or, or make like this YouTube video. 
uh, a lifestyle athlete out in Dubai making the most of it in his hurricane. And then do the zip line at the top of Jebel Jays and then hoon it back down the mountain. <laughs> I mean, but, but you need to look at this. You work hard. You almost every day in your life is about training. So when you have an easy day, sometimes you just need to sit back and do the things you really love. And you love cars, don't you? I know. I'm, so, tempt- I'm so tempted to do that, mate, and just like absolutely burn it. I knew you. I, I, I know. I know you love your you, you love your cars. I like my cars. But the thing is, um, what I, what I think is a really, really, really bad um, attitude of people's jealousy. It's jealousy. Have so, you had that? Um, Have you experienced jealous people being uh, jealous of you? Then no, because you need to be you need to be very cautious what you share. Uh, that's that's also the thing about about being a lifestyle athlete. Like you can't always share everything because there is jealousy in life, which is actually a pity because people don't know what you do for a living or what you do for work or how how hard you work for something or how much you care about something, right? Maybe you give a lot about a car and you've got a nice car and you want to share it because you absolutely love it. And maybe someone else has got a really expensive horse and likes the horse and likes to ride it to some like race or whatever, you know? Um, Do you think... So I think, uh, yeah, if you like, if you're really into cars and you love it, yes, you do. because if you want to rent one in the UK, it's going to be cost you like £600 for an hour or two hours. Yeah, I know exactly. It's, it's crazy. It's like, you, I, I dread to think mm-hmm. how much it would cost in England to do it. I think it would cost an absolute fortune. Don't yeah. you think, like, with jealousy, some people were like that, you know, when it was in COVID. Like, I went for a ride. I remember going for a ride. I think they were even worse in England. Like, and you went for a ride at a similar point with that either. It was when you were doing that burn up through the city, trying to get all the, like, comms and stuff at night. This is, a, like, this is a bike ride, by the way, not car ride. Yeah, this is uh, in uh, in the bike. Yeah. And uh, can you remember when I did that, like, 200-mile yeah. ride, like, in COVID? And then people yeah. were like, oh, what are you doing? Like, honestly, I got so much abuse. I had to turn my Twitter notifications off because I woke up in the morning, had absolutely shitloads, like, and nearly everyone was abuse. And then uh, on my Strava, I had to delete it because, like, people went mental at the start. I actually deleted that before I turned my Twitter notifications down. Mm-hmm. Um but like it was like yeah, I did like two hundred miles. Loads of people commenting saying, "Oh well, what about if you were if you had COVID? It's so irresponsible going out for a long ride, you know, around uh, Norfolk. What about if you'd have given it to someone? They went home and died." I was thinking, "Hang on a minute, love, wherever it was, you know, hang on, hang on. Let's let's look at this here, right? If this COVID is as bad as what everyone's saying, first of all, I ain't going to be fit enough to ride two hundred miles, am I? You know." And if I am fit enough to ride 200 miles mm-hmm. and I've got this COVID, which is supposed to be this horrible thing, bearing in mind this is back in 2020, like, then it isn't that bad, is it? You know, if I'm able to ride 200 miles on it. And secondly, I'm in the middle of Norfolk. There isn't anybody around. Like, everyone's at home and we're in the middle of the countryside. But people were going mental, mate, over me. And I could see but you. I don't, think, I don't think that doesn't have to do anything with jealousy, but more like snitchy. Um wanting to actually snitch someone out that's another really really uh bad how do you call it personal oh, uh yeah people do that um, all the time now cancel people don't they cancel you like what what's that word for it in english what a snitch no not if like um if you're a snitch or jealous it's like a uh, personal feelings how do you call it um uh, i don't know let me translate just keep it, it like just keep it like that I'm going to keep it like that, but also other people need to learn something in life. Um, the English word for it is called... Restor- 
Fuck, I can't even. <laughs> How do you spell it? How do you spell it? it. <laughs> um, Karetsterictic. I can't even explain it now, Joe. I'm, 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 I'm running over my own words. How would you spell that? Characteristic. 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 Oh, it's right. a bad characteristic exactly. you're saying of someone. Exactly. Characteristic. Um, same as jealousy. But I think jealousy is even worse, mate. It's, it's just worse. Like, why can't you be happy for someone? Yeah. Well, haters gonna hate, mate. But anyway, he's gonna hate our um, ne- our main topic of the week. Bottom line is, bottom what line is, is, if you want to do it, do it, Joe. <laughs> our main topic of the week. And you was, can say, <laughs> what? What can I say? You can say, I'm a I'm a lifestyle athlete. I've worked hard for it. Trained 30 hours this week. Today's my recovery day, and I took a hurricane down the mountains. Look, I'm going awesome. full on lifestyle athlete. You- I'm going to dad classes. I'm gonna drive a lambo i'm doing a bit of training in dubai then i'm flying back home i'm full-on lifestyle athlete fuck the racing as a pro it's way more fun being a lifestyle athlete you can do what you want when you want race results don't matter i'm going full-on lifestyle brain curry Mm -hmm. i'm coming for you (laughs) mate whatever you like in life if you work hard for it i'm 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 happy for you Um, we're coming to the top of the lifestyle all right go on in so the main topic speaking of lifestyle how much discomfort is too much carry? Uh, no, was that the one? Yeah. How much discomfort is too much to carry on? And should you expect some discomfort in a tough sport like Ironman? So basically, we've seen a lot of people, me and Tom, and they like do an Ironman, they get onto the run, they're hobbling around, they say their guts are playing them up. And then some of them pull out and they say, like, you know, oh, I wasn't on too good a day and all this. And it's like, dude, mate. You've entered an Ironman, like it's supposed to be the hardest one-day endurance sport in the world. Of course, you're going to go through some rough patches, you know, like that's perfectly normal. Like if people didn't go through rough patches, then Ironman probably wouldn't have the thrill around it as what, you know, what it does, you know, around being such a tough one-day event. But there's so many people out there that we see that like, not just a one-off, like people might do it as a one-off and they think, oh, I'm never doing that again or whatever, but numerous times Mm -hmm. pull out and... uh, blame on excuses and stuff well before before we get into it um yes i i i'm an an ironman or a full distance triathlon or half distance triathlon whatever is the hardest one day event i would say endurance event in the world even if you're like an amateur in what sport would an amateur train approximately up and around what we say the average athlete trains like 10 hours, hours a week yeah, which sport would an amateur hours. train no not 15 like 10 hours a week it's absolutely insane every room you probably walk into you're probably the fittest person in the room right so um in combination with full-time job maybe family maybe kids maybe these baby courses what you have of course going to be flipping challenging mate <laughs> i know they wouldn't be able to go on training camps because i have like baby courses all the time and stuff i mean like Jesus, like mentally, that you'd think they'd be tough hours, wouldn't you, if they've got to go through that, sit into six hours, listen to someone tell you how to breastfeed. Like, I mean, Jesus. What? <laughs> Mate, uh, is uh, getting a baby, you're in it together. We're in it together. Because if Laura is like, Jody, I'm going away for the week with the ladies. I'm going on detox weekend and uh, I'm going to have my nails done. Going to be laying on the beach and chilling out. She needs to be like 100% able to trust you with the baby. That's no problem. Like, no biggie. Blindly. 
Would you trust me with your baby? <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe after a couple of courses. No, <laughs> <laughs> so, baby Laura, don't worry, I've got this. Go away, treat yourself to the week. I've got uh, me and the baby will be just fine. <laughs> you were, do you know one of these? Uh, do you know one of them cars, like these these baby cars? Yeah, the ones that you push. Like where you can put them in and put them behind the bike. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen them, yeah. Just drop the baby over at your mom and dad's and then do like 180K ride on your TT bike with some efforts where you average like 39Ks an hour. Then post up a picture of your TT bike with a car behind it and send it to Laura. So it just did an easy ride with the baby. She loved it. <laughs> <laughs> Was she in that car for four hours and 15 minutes? <laughs> She's so, going to like that, wouldn't she? What do you think about but, then? But anyway... Um, so before we get to the uh, the racing bit, the real paradox is already in training because when is too much training, too much training? Because when do you feel overtrained and are you actually too tired? And when do you need to push through and you're being a wimp? I don't think you can do too much training. I think more is always more. Like, you know, you do 20 hours a week, you want to be better, do 22 hours a week, you know? You're doing 22 hours a week, you want to be a little bit better? 23 hours a week. You keep going. If you feel tired, mate, dig in. There's always someone who's feeling more tired than you. Well, that's you've got not... to dream big, Tom. If you yeah, want to but... get big results, you've got to, you've got to dream big. What happens when you do too much training and you're not able to recover from the sessions anymore, uh, Joe, is it's also going to negatively infect your, affect your uh, personal life. And as a lifestyle athlete, I want to um, aware of the fact of the uh, so the average age grouper has a job. If they're getting if they're doing too much training, they're probably too tired, too tired at work, can't perform at work. Then they're trying to train again, can't really hit the numbers, so they can't really properly perform in training. Then afterwards, they probably have a date because I know what it's like. And because they're overtrained, testosterone levels are low, so when they really need to like hit the spot during the training they can't perform again, you know, because of the lack of t testosterone. So, so it's basically too much training is going to end into a cocktail of shite. So there's, it's always about balance in life. <laughs> so I'm going to ask you again, when do you need to push through and you're being a wimp? And when do you actually think uh, you should give in because you're too tired? All right. I think the, the I think like uh, there's the clear signs of whether or not you've done too much is if you have three or four days in a row, probably say three days in a row where you're struggling to sleep, you know, waking up in the night, feeling a bit like feeling really tired, you know, when you wake up in the morning, that's one. Uh, secondly, like I think if you go to some sessions and you feel tired, but you can hit the numbers and it feels okay once you get going, then you're okay. But you're obviously training hard and you're on that fine line. But if you have a couple, two days in a row, say where you try and do some sessions and you can't even hit tempo pace and it feels mega hard, then you know like you you need to take it easy. You're doing too much because if you can't actually do the intensity because you're too tired, the volume's too much or you're doing too much in other areas of your life and something has to give. Um, that's uh, I think that's how I kind of judge it by whether or not it's too much. You know, say I'm doing a session on Tuesday, I'm doing a brick session and I've got some 20-minute tempos. If I can't even hit tempo for it, let alone doing threshold or VO2 max, then uh, you're definitely too you're definitely too tired, aren't you? Because you should be able to hit the hard sessions when you've got them on the plan. I mean, like obviously the day after a hard session, 
you wouldn't expect to be able to hit it and you should feel tired. But then that's when you want to do like recovery days and take it easy, potentially a rest day so that when you do have the harder days, you can actually hit the intensity of the sessions and also recover, can't you? Because if you go to a session and you're like absolutely smashed, but you manage to uh, complete it, you you could feel totally wrecked the next day or get injured. You know, it's like Mm -hmm. you don't want to be on that fine line where something's going to go either you, you know, or your, uh, or your body. And also mentally, like, if you're feeling tired all the time like that and you're on that fine line, it's not a good place to be because you're not going to enjoy life to the full, are you? And you're probably not exactly. going to get as much out of triathlon as what is what you want to get. Mm-hmm. Exactly. If you if you're pursuing that lifestyle athlete, um, that athlete lifestyle lifestyle, then um, that's not going to happen. You should reach out to Durex, mate. That'd be a great sponsorship deal for you right now. <laughs> Why is that? Well, you're the like lifestyle athlete, you know. You're like you're going on dates with all these with ladies and stuff. You're doing a bit of triathlon. You'd be like the perfect. Yeah, I could see you as the face of Durex. I think honestly, it would be a really good sponsorship deal. I would actually see about contacting them. I think it would be great for you. Do you know? Do you know any athlete that does collabs with? Uh, with Have you ever seen anything like it? Any athlete doing a collab with someone? No, exactly. Like that's why I think it would be. That's why I think there's a niche, mate, and. You know, like yeah, I think I think it's a niche, mate. And I but think if you if you look at the market for it, if you I look at the market of triathlon, the majority of people doing triathlon are in their mid forties and fifties, right? Because they've got like a lot of money and they can spend it on triathlon because it's an expensive sport. They're not the people that Durex is trying to target, or maybe they are because they already have kids. Well, maybe you go yeah. for Viagra as well. You go for Viagra and you go for Durex. You're kicking two stones, mate, then. When you're 50 years old, you can't get a hard-on. Take this Viagra that sponsors me and then use the Durex as well. You're in, what? You've just found two potential sponsors what? that would what be really great what? for you. What if they're like, hey, Tom. Oh, by the way, I heard that actually Viagra was performance-enhancing and some athletes were actually taking Viagra. I'm not even taking the piss 100% seriously. I heard that athletes were taking it because it was like some, you know, it, it, some performance enhancing part about Viagra. I, I, like, I honestly, wanted, I'm not I winding you up. To, I'm actually being dead serious. I just wanted to say, what if they were like, hey, mate, we want some more exposure on your Instagram. Would you be able to use it during a race? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or maybe they get you to wear, take some Viagra and do a run session in some tight shorts, you know, and, uh, Basically, they want you to run around with this like massive schlong, you know, like, yeah. So it looks like, you know, bloody hell, like, look at this guy. Like, he's, that is what you want. Well, it has to be a really, <laughs> really, really good sponsor deal for me to do that. Your face is in, disgu- <laughs> you're in total disgust there, right? Yeah. <laughs> you're like, oh, yeah. taking a horrible, um, this podcast is taking a horrible turn. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so that's the training part. So you'd say, uh, watch the signs. I do, I, I do agree because, oh, um, also, if I would do an easy ride and I had a couple of, even if I feel really tired during an easy ride and also hungry all day, hungry all day, all day, it's a sign that I'm probably uh, overtraining. But it has to be a couple of yeah. days in a row, like two, three days in a row that I know. I right. think hungry. Yeah. Yeah, I think hungry is a massive sign, actually. Like sometimes if I don't eat enough, say like you've trained late in the evening, don't eat enough before I go to bed. And then sometimes I wake up at like three o'clock in the morning, I'm starving, I go downstairs, have something to eat. And then I know the next day is terrible training, mm-hmm. like absolutely horrific, you know, like you just, you've like basically wasted a day from like under fueling. But also uh, sometimes I've gone out for a run and like if I go out for a run and my legs feel heavy, say it's an easy run 
and I'm struggling to run at five minute K pace because I feel like tired. I've literally turned around after like a K or two Ks, gone back home and sacked it off and then took the rest of my training that day off. Like mm-hmm. even if, the, you know, say the run's first thing in the, like nine o'clock in the morning, I'm going out and I feel that bad. I've literally just come back as soon as I've realized it's not going to feel any better. Mm-hmm. Took the rest of the day off because I thought, what am I going to gain out of this easy run? And you know, like I'm not even running at five minute K pace. As if you're like an age grouper and you know, days off are pretty precious. What what would you do, Joe? So you, you're deciding to take the day off. Of course, you've got your work, but what would you do? What, me, personally? Yeah. Or if I was an age grouper? Yeah. If you're an age grouper uh, or, if, or just something person. different. Well, if Laura's got the day off, then probably something, uh, you know, with her, go out, go for a like, walk in the city or something, My you man. know, go to a cafe for lunch. I'd, like, yeah, just like <laughs> something not really triathlon related like exactly. i wouldn't even sit on my laurels like some people would probably be upset but i think what's your body telling you it's tired you've obviously been doing a lot of training so you want to absorb the training you shouldn't feel mm-hmm. bad about it you know you've obviously done a lot of training because that's why you're feeling like that if you hadn't done any training you wouldn't be feeling like that you know so it's no problem you know so i just do something completely different have fun make the most of the day off because obviously like you say you don't get a ma- you're not going to have a massive amount of days where you Exactly. So, so them days, like what you enjoy, invest them in the the people around you. Go over to the the winery store, get like a big, big old super Tuscan wine, and uh, light the candles and uh, get some credits so you can go out the next day to do your interval session again. You know, uh, it's it's all about. I I do think, and we're going to talk about this for another episode about. Um, I would say triathlon and relationships something like that i do think triathlon is probably the number one sport in the world that's going to cost relationships and marriage what do you think uh yeah probably but what about the relationships that are formed through triathlon like also also there's there's like good aspects there's bad aspects there's like a whole lot to it joe that's why we need a whole episode for it what's more likely for a relationship to fail two triathletes dating or one who's a triathlete and one who's not, because obviously two of them. Uh, I would say, I would say, I would say, both people. It depends, of course. It depends because if you two, I don't know. That would totally depend on on the people. But I do think um, the risk in uh, breaking up is if you're if you haven't been into triathlon your whole life, you decide you you decide to do triathlon. So you, basically, you've always been a lawyer or whatever, a plumber or whatever. You decide to do triathlon. Triathlon is a sport you need to do all of a sudden seven days a week or six or five days a week, whatever. But a lot of your life is going to uh, hang around triathlon because you need to form it around the training. And then you're going to forget all the other stuff. You're also going to want to work your way in, like what bike do I need? What's the fastest wheel? So you're going to read all your all these flipping shite articles on the internet. You're getting lost on Wiggle 50 <laughs> times because you want to buy more Morton gels. You want to buy more of that, more of that. And all the money is going into that. There's nothing left for vacation with uh, with the missus or uh, your husband or whatever. Um, and it's all about balance. And I think the risk is forgetting about the balance. So do you think triathlon cost your relationship or was that from other factors? Was triathlon a cause? Oh, of- no, no, definitely. It did like not. It did not. It did not. Well, like about how uh, you weren't into triathlon before and then you got into triathlon. Well, I do think like it year, cost, but that well, wasn't the, that years ago when I didn't do triathlon and uh, um, 
years and years ago, and I started doing triathlon and had a girlfriend. It did, it did get, it did get really uh, tight. It did get. <laughs> we had some. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, of course. It, I think it, that is because um, you're diving into something that you don't really have a lot of knowledge about. And the thing, if you're wanted to do triathlon, probably your characteristic is that you want to do more than others you know you see that's why you see a lot of lawyers doctors whatever successful people get into triathlon because one sport isn't enough you know you always want more and you want complicated so that's why i think a lot of time gets invested into it because people get so much sucked into it um on the um on the other topic of when we were talking about you know people people like um pulling out of races because of that so what are you saying then just to sum that little bit up that people aren't necessarily soft they're just training too hard potentially or not training hard enough like what are your thoughts now i think i then? think it's that's uh, that's two things so we're going back to the main subject of the week um when is it getting too hard um during a race it is uh, different because in training you're dealing with circumstances that are in your control right so you know you're going to write for three hours you know what's happening Whereas in a race, there is different stuff like dynamics. Uh, you can get a flat tire, whereas in training, it doesn't really matter. But then in a race, you can lose your shit. And then it comes down to your pure core, uh, meaning how are you going to handle disappoint disappointments and uh, uh, failure? And it's really easy to pull out. Of course, you can feel bad, feel bad lags. Oh, I'm feeling really, really tired. But of course, it's an Ironman. And I've had, I remember my first Ironman, I came off the bike and I had, uh, uh, muscle cramps in my stomach and in my hamstrings, and I still had to run a marathon. But I thought it was normal, right? I thought, all right, this is an Ironman. This is what I signed up for. And I still ran it in 305 in my first Ironman. So um, I think... That's actually really good, considering that was your first one. Like, I know. It's quite and looking at like your fastest one, you actually performed really well, considering the time you've been in the sport. Do you know what I mean? Like You've only been doing it for a year, aren't you? 18 months, something like that. Yeah, it was 14 or 15 months. But I think it's um, 14 or 15 months. too many people pull out too soon whenever they're facing something that doesn't go well or doesn't go right. And then going on to uh, like, like, you know, Lionel Sanders, you know, that YouTuber. Um, <laughs> I watched his latest video and, <laughs> and he was talking about, you know, training and stuff like that and how he's... Uh, gone on to um he, you can obviously get the gist that he's obviously give Mikhail like uh the boot and he's obviously not getting coached by him anymore so this was his um, latest youtube video and he was saying his latest youtube video mate he was like effing and blinded you know everything it was like proper emotional like uh and i it made me think when i watched this you know because he says that you know he's going for nice you know or whatever the world champs ironman world champs he hasn't got much time left but he's still got enough time to win it and it made me think you think back to like 2017, 2016, when Lionel was killing it, you know, like he raced Arizona, seven hours, 44, something like that. He was riding like 403. If he'd have carried on doing what he was doing and he'd just kept it consistent, he'd maybe tweaked his training a little bit, bearing in mind the equipment changes and how much better people have got with equipment, aerodynamics, everything like that. How much quicker would he have been going now bearing in mind the times that he was hitting on those days back then, 
And also, my, my, and what do you think of, do you think part of the reason is because he's had these coaches and he's tried to go more scientific because he thought that was the way he should do it to get the next gains. Um, personally, I think he should have been more, he should have just been consistent in doing what he was doing. Um, do you think that these coaching changes have actually made him like dumb down his uh, perceived effort almost? Because I remember seeing like the old videos of Lionel, he's on the turbo, he's crying, you know, he's in so much pain and he's like, I, I mean, he's all the sessions are like, ah, oh, do you see these ridiculous numbers that he's putting out on the bike and run? And then he started doing all this scientific training. Everything was controlled. He wasn't really pushing his thresholds, you know, and like doing them really hard sessions. Did his perceived effort of what was hard in races and in training go down? Because And did it mentally affect him? Because you hear in his latest videos, he doesn't seem as confident when he goes into races. Whereas in the past, he was out for blood, wasn't he? You know, mm -hmm. he was like a really well, tough, uh, hard competitor. You know, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't say there's necessarily anything uh, there. Like doing sci some scientific testing is obviously really good to see where you're at and what your levels are. But doing it a bit OTT, um, it can also hold you back, can it? Because oh, yeah, like, like you're saying, I mean, in a, you obviously want to do some testing. Because uh, um, I think for some people, they it, it holds them back too much. It looks like, and also. Um, what you do see, I, I've seen, uh, you've sent it over today as well, uh, that some of the pros don't even do the testing right. They're like, how do I get this? They're, I'm getting all the wrong numbers, uh, sweating my uh, lactate uh, strips. Um, in the end. <laughs> Bloody Justin Metzler, I sent you a thing over from yeah. the big Mets, and he should stick to being the top YouTuber, shouldn't he? Because, I mean, he tried to do lactate tests, and he wasted four strips on his bike ride, costing mm -hmm. $10 going to need to bloody remortgage his house if he keeps fucking up like that any anyway, with the lactate strips you know i don't know how many more days he can keep that going for but yeah they do all these what testing, testing. every day right in and out. people like... don't know the numbers i mean yeah they, and half time they don't even know what numbers are specific to themselves they just watch a youtube video with someone else see what their numbers are and they think well that'll be the same for me that'll do um but the thing is what i find strange for all this testing and stuff is like it's right coming to fashion now Whereas I remember doing all this like 12 years ago when I was at Essex doing like sports science, mm -hmm. you know, and it was old then, but then it went and then it went down. But I think like from hearing what Lionel said and from chat, from chatting to him as well in some bits, he said that he ended up doing like 10, 12 Ironman simulation days, something like that, like loads where he was basically doing these like huge bike rides, you know, or well, not huge, I said like four hour, five hour rides, but then the bit was tough was like an hour and a half run off the bike, you know, maybe even up to two hours, which, you know, for me, I don't even run two hours in a normal long run, like in the week, let alone off a bike. Yeah. Um, and he feels like, and I, I think that that kind of like, uh, that was like old school training. People say it's like scientific, but sorry. I remember when I got into the sport, people were doing all these Ironman pace rides and stuff like that. And that was the way to do it. Then it changed. People started trying to improve their thresholds and doing the shorter stuff, you know, doing some VO2 max training and threshold training and people, I mean, when I was doing it, people were like, what are you doing? You're training for an Ironman, you know, not doing all this. Like, I'll, I'll stick to my guns. I'm, I'm pretty confident what I'm doing. And then it all went backwards. The Norwegians doing some of this longer tempo stuff. And my theory on that is, yes, that works for them because they normally go from a short distance block where they're doing the sprint distance, Olympic distance. And then they do eight weeks or 10 weeks. They've never really done more than that at a time where they train for an Ironman, they do some longer Ironman pace stuff, which works really well because they've just come off a block where they're doing a lot of VO2 max, a lot of high-end efforts, you know, training for some sprints mm -hmm. and Olympic distance races. And it's not enough that they can detrain. I think a lot of these people, they think they're training scientific by training at race pace and dialing in what their race pace is. 
but they do it for too long at a time. They do it for four or five months. They end up detraining themselves and then they wonder why. And I think, yeah, they never do anything out of the comfort zone. Like, I mean, half the time when we've rode with triathletes before and we've done like some kind of chain gang or something, they're out the back straight away. They've got absolutely no top end, have they? Mm-hmm. I mean, if you were doing an undulating course and you were there with most Ironman triathletes, you just hit it hard up a climb and do a VO2 max effort and they're going to be out the back, aren't they? Because they can't go above Ironman pace, really. You yeah. Know? Um, but you start to see more and more people only doing the the long, long, I wouldn't even call it tempo what they're doing. It's more like upper zone two. Yeah. I mean, if I was riding at Ironman pace, it wouldn't, I can't see how it would get me fitter, but I can see how it would tie you out. But that's what I see. You see loads of them doing that, don't you? Mm-hmm. So what would you, if you could give this um, YouTuber, um, I'm a big fan of his, his he, he's also a lifestyle athlete, I would, I would say. He's a reality soap. I, I, can, uh, I can totally relate to that. What would be the tip? <laughs> I would like to see what training he was doing before and have a look at his training peaks or whatever, however he's recorded it. I think he does write it all in notepads. Like he's really on it with that. And I'd like to see what kind of sessions he was doing back in 2014 to 2017, you know, the, just get a feel for what kind of training he was doing, what worked. And I think from what I've seen of him, bearing in mind, I haven't seen an in-depth look at his training. I've just heard from what he says, but I think there was probably a lot of threshold efforts, uh, probably 70.3 pace, you know, like sweet spot stuff and mm-hmm. the VO2 max. And that obviously worked really well for him. So I would kind of, get keep doing that but make it so it work you know see what see what way worked well like did it work well him doing threshold stuff and then going on to vo2 max or was he doing a bit of threshold and vo2 max in a week you know you'd but you'd obviously have to get a good feel for that but i would add a bit more endurance in i think he was always lacking a bit some of the endurance rides in his training uh, i would also say that he needs to do some more training outside you know on the bike yeah. to improve his bike handling maybe preferably look at his, mountain like, bike pedals, like it looks yeah anything to be honest i think riding corners (laughs) mate (laughs) let's just start the basics like just ride some corners like (laughs) you know let's do some downhills um i'd look to like to see whether or not altitude training works like does he need to like because i know he was really against it after going to flagstaff but then he was trained at the heat of the day when it was boiling hot as well maybe going to a lower altitude because he jumped straight in there at 2100 meters but what would be like if he went to say 16 1700 meters um but yeah doing some endurance work in it riding some actually outside seeing if you can improve your pedal and efficiency you know not pedal efficiency but just i mean is it efficient his bike technique i don't know maybe it is maybe that's what works for him but if it isn't trying to improve that but yeah doing some endurance stuff and i think if he wants to get a result in nice and you know what that course is like in nice because the world champs mate is on the same course if you can't ride a bike downhill you are fucked in that race oh definitely you're definitely. Totally you're gonna fucked. lose a shitload of time like yeah like yeah. rudy von berg's probably got a hard on mate he probably doesn't even need a viagra sponsorship now he knows that that's the races on that course you know i imagine he's getting really excited back home <laughs> <laughs> all righty um is there anything else we wanted to say about this topic um well i'd be interested to hear what some of the uh the listeners think about that you know like what 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 would what do they think about you know people pulling out in Ironmans continue, you know, uh, on a regular basis, you know, is it their training? Are they training too hard or do they just need to man up, you know? Mm-hmm. And also what, what does some of them think about Lionel? I know like pr- probably a lot of people have watched his video. What do they think he needs to do to be consistent? Was it similar stuff to what he was doing in 2015, 2016, or does he need to completely rechange and actually get a coach? I think he was on the right lines back then. So mm-hmm. 
He just needed to like tweak it a little bit. But I'd be interested to hear what other people think about it. I mean, what do you think? What do you think? Like from what uh, you've seen, not just on his latest. No, no, no. I, I, seen in- I, I would say I would say the training he was doing before, uh, also still in 2018, 2019, looked a bit more exciting and a bit more fun. Because I, I looked more exciting. I mean, I've had chats with uh, you imagine- with Michael and Olaf. Uh, about the training, yeah. like that Gustav is doing and Christian is doing. And I said, um, but what's my opinion, right? Um, I said I wasn't even able, I wouldn't even be able to do the sessions just because it would be mentally too boring. Like a four-hour ride with two hours at Ironman pace and then a one-and-a-half-hour break run with one hour or something like that at Ironman pace. I'm thinking I'd rather do uh, – an hour warm up, then race like a crit race, a local crit race, which basically is like an hour over on the threshold, and then two hours another like steady base endurance, which is also a four hour ride, and then a fun run of the bike, just because it's more fun. But that's um, maybe what <laughs> I'm into. You know into what like- I would love to get him out on? Well, wouldn't you love to get Lionel out on the Cheney round Bagnoles and then doing the 10 by 1K afterwards? Yeah, that would be really fun. But, but oh, uh, that would be fun. That's I'd maybe love to because get some more people out on that. I mean, it for fun, you know. Uh, also, because uh, also for performance, but I, I, you need to look at if the training is going to suit you. So maybe you have a great coach that would be able to write you sessions that work. But if you aren't really mentally able to do the sessions, or if if the sessions are going to mentally uh, fuck you up, then you're going to be too tired for racing. But the thing is, what's strange is he changed his training completely when he was probably, at the time, the best 70.3 athlete in the world. Yeah. You know, like, it was crazy. Like, every mm-hmm. 70.3, he was dominating. He was running 68s off the bike, and he was biking so flipping well, wasn't he? He was riding through people like they were standing still. Yeah. So it was crazy to think that you changed your training dramatically when it was working so well, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I think people were copying their, changing their training to copy him at that point, weren't they? What would you do then if, if I would ride you a training saying four hours with two hours at Ironman pace and 90 minutes off the bike with one hour at Ironman pace? I'd say I didn't get the email. Uh, internet was down. Couldn't load Trainer Peaks up, so I forgot what the training was. And then I'd just go and do what I wanted. Sorry, <laughs> Trainer Peaks couldn't load and I forgot. <laughs> Had no signal. Couldn't text you either. <laughs> but that training wouldn't work either. Would it? Like it, would mentally, it would mentally drain you. I couldn't you, do it. it. would be so boring. Be so boring, like I can't do stuff like that. It's fucking dull. Yeah. Like you know, I need to have like a like a segment to go for, or a bit of a La chain gang or something, you know, or train with some pensioners, something like that, you know. Exactly. <laughs> um. Anyway, Joe, bullshit buster, Gordon, you've got one. The bullshit buster. My bullshit buster is vests. Wearing a running vest, you know, like uh, you get a running t-shirt. You get skins and then you get some weird people, normally runners, that wear a vest. Uh, I think they're bullshit buster. Like, it's absolutely pointless in my eyes wearing a vest. Like, what what the hell is the point? Like, if it's warm enough, you go skins, don't you? As You know? Yeah. If it's cold, too cold for skins, you wear a running T-shirt. So what is the point in the vest? Like, I, I don't get it. What do you think, Tom? Would you wear a vest? I've never um, seen you wear a vest. <laughs> well, you've asked me. That. At first, I was like, what is a running vest? So a running vest basically is like a running wife beater or a body warmer, but then for running without the function of a body warmer. Um, it To me, it looks flipping geeky. Uh, and like I said in the beginning of <laughs> the podcast. Dorky was your word, uh, right? Dor- I wish I didn't ask you about it. 
I wish I didn't ask you until the podcast because it made me in, it put me in stitches hearing your reply to it. <laughs> I said running in a running fest is flipping dorky. Um, there are a couple of people in the world that run that I know run in running fest. Um, one of them isn't actually too gor- dorky, Gianfredino. Um, he's a lifestyle athlete. Uh, the other, <laughs> the other one is. Uh, he's not a lifestyle athlete. He's he? full on in triathlon, man. He's like keen as they come. He's not a lifestyle athlete. He's not like Braden Curry, is he? He nah, would go like true. bloody canoeing, would he, on his day? Like he's full, he's full on German triathlete, mate. Like you know, he's. Uh, I wouldn't even be surprised to see him with an alcohol-free beer in his hand. Do you know uh, who else is like a, a running tea ambassador? A what ambassador? Uh, 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 how did you call it again? Run invest, run invest ambassador. A vest. <laughs> yeah, on Instagram. Who is a good old triathlon T? Triathlon Taron. Yeah. Oh, and he's not dorky at all. So, uh, what are you on about run invest only be only being for dorky people? Uh, I would say either run without a shirt, and as the mozzarella, um, I wouldn't do it. What about if you're fat? Uh, well, if you feel like running without a shirt, you can, right? Yeah, but what about if you're fat and you don't want to run without a shirt because you feel embarrassed, but it's too hot for a t-shirt? Um, yeah, but these running vests, I don't just know. Just suck it up. Just suck it up. You just suck it up, don't you? Do you think these these vests make like, that much of a difference temperature-wise? I don't think so. And you also Not get really. shavings. I, I have one. I've, one. I have one. one. Yes. I get chafing on my near my armpit as well, right yeah. in here. It's really painful, isn't it? Like right, right in there. Like, and um, I actually have shitloads of these vests. Like Hoka keeps sending them to me, but I never wear them. Like the only time I think I've ever worn them is be- for a race. You know, when you have to, don't yeah. you? Sometimes you have to wear them for a running but, race. Um, uh, isn't, well, actually, you don't even have to. Do you? I mean, like, people need to wear the clothes they feel comfortable in, Joe. And if it, if I think that it's dorky, it's also a personal opinion, isn't it? Do a poll. I want. I want to see a poll on uh, triathlon uh, mockery about uh, from running vests. Yeah. You know, like a little picture and that is. I mean, is a running vest uh, dorky or not? Just wear whatever you like. You know, I I, I walk around in 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 these uh, Ugg boots. People think it's for girls. You know, it's all personal ah, opinions, isn't I it? I love Ugg boots. Do they're you? mega comfortable, mate. I'm mate, like, yeah. As a lifestyle athlete, well. I've so been influencing people on the gram with these boots. Um, but I've also had hate messages saying these are for girls. What? Yeah. No way. And then I said something oh, like, mate. I must have been shopping at the wrong charts then. <laughs> or maybe you could, you could just identify as a girl for when you're back home, you know? Like maybe like from the hours of like 7 p.m. till 10 p.m. you identify as a girl. And then uh, when you wake up in the morning, there's normal service and you're back as a bloke. You can be whatever you want to be nowadays, Tom. If, if they're for girls, just identify as that when it suits you and uh, back to normal service uh, when uh, when you wake up. I would say bottom line is just wear whatever you want. <laughs> you, you looked a bit worried then when I was like saying no, stuff then. I'm like, worried. oh God, is worried. he going to get us cancelled again? Like, <laughs> he's not going to get us cancelled, is he? Please, Joe, stop, stop digging, stop digging. Um, we've got something for next week, Joe, haven't we? We're uh, We're busy. We've got something for next week because it's off yeah, season, January, launch. February, March. What should people do in January, February, March? It's the off, it's winter training. Winter training, build the engine up for the summer. So 
me and Tom, for next week, we're going to uh, launch a 16-week training plan to help get through, get you through the winter for triathlon, To n- not to target a race in 16 weeks, but to get you fit for you know, basically April. I mean, you could, you, you could do a race at the end. You're definitely going to be in good fitness because it is a training plan to build fitness. We're going to have a novice one for or a beginner one. Block. Yeah. And it's not going to be like absolutely ridiculous where we're going to get you to do 20 hours a week, you know, but it's going to be structured sessions. Some of the sessions that me and Tom do as well. And like basically our, our philosophy and we're going to try and get you to good shape in April and hopefully you'll have the best winter training that you've had and it will give you a good motivation to get out there in the cold weather and uh, stick it out. And on the rest days um, and easy days, I'm going to put in there a wine tip uh, so you can light the candles and uh, drink wine and also uh, keep things happy at home. What do you mean a wine tip? What you're going to recommend a wine for people? Yeah, I'm just going to put it in there. Really? Yeah. Bloody hell, mate. That's a bit. That's a bit like. Uh, it could also be a beer. Serious that is with the wine. Isn't it? Why is that proper serious? What like a boat? Like like that's like a bloody. Uh, you know, next you'll be recommending what cheese to have with it and stuff like that as well. Well, it's not. It's, it's just a recommendation. What people do with it is there. It's like a free tip, mate. Free yeah. tip from I mean, the from I'm, from, I'm from, I'm from just, I'm, yeah. I'm from impressed. the lifestyle athletes because like, it could be uh, Thursday rest day on a typical Thursday. Um, Joe Skipper would prefer his uh, his Gulden Drak, Belgian beer. Yeah, I yeah yeah definitely. I thought you just with the wine, you just went to Tesco's and got the cheapest red wine or something. That'll do, you know. They what you flipping same, nuts, mate? Cheap, cheap. No, just just like a proper wine. Because as an athlete, you don't drink too often because alcohol isn't good for recovery. But when you do, you need to make the most of it. Meaning, it's a shame if you would drink a shit wine or a shit beer. All right, so if you don't want the training but you want to know what a good wine is, sign up to it anyway because even if you don't want to do the training, you'll get some good wine tips. So even more reason to sign up for the program. <laughs> and beer tips. <laughs> anyway, uh, thanks for chat, Joe. I'll uh, speak to you next week. See ya.